0: The PR Week Podcast. Top story. BCW Hill & Knowlton merger. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special edition of the PR Week Podcast. My name is Frank Washkirch. I am PR Week's executive editor, and I have a great cast of characters uh, for this podcast. It's PR Week's whole staff, and we're here to talk about some of the biggest PR agency news in decades, and that is WPP's merger, of BCW and Hill and & Knowlton to form a new combined agency called Bursim. And of course, that's a tribute uh, to the late founder of Bursim R. Harold Bursim, who passed away about four years ago. It's a really interesting story on a lot of levels. It's going to create a mega agency with a footprint all over the world, perhaps the biggest in the world by revenue even, and a major player across all sectors, from healthcare to public affairs to consumer uh, and to corporate work. So, we have the entire PR Week editorial team here to talk to you with their own insights from reporting on the story. So, let's start with Diana Bradley, PR Week's associate news editor. Diana, what was the instant reaction to news of the merger on social media that you were covering on Thursday?
1: First of all, what stood out was how many people have a real love of Harold Burson. And so many even just former Burson employees still refer to themselves as Burson persons, I believe. Um, So a lot of people upon hearing the news shared stories of working with Harold and pictures of themselves with him. A lot of PR pros reacted with optimism to the news. But others were sad for the Hill and Knowlton brand. As you said, while the combined firm will be named after the co-founder of Burson Marsteller. Um, the agency said H&K will continue as an agency sub-brand within Burson. For example, one reaction to the news was Finn Partners' chair of Global Health and Purpose, um, Gil Bash. He wrote on X that as Hill and Knowlton's first global practice leader, Um, and a proud alum under Howard Pastors' leadership. He said, it's heartbreaking to see this incredible agency brand vanish. And then industry veteran Bob Pickard said, um, naming the new entity after Harold seems eminently sensible, although it's a rather mature market positioning. Hill & Knowlton was founded in 1927. Nobody alive remembers John Hill. And so this means the end of a nearly century-old standalone brand name. Um he added that, like all mergers, time will tell if this one is an ungainly mess or whether it smoothly clicks into synergy.
0: So very so very interesting. you mentioned John Hill, who, when we were doing some research for the story, uh, was amazingly called in his obituary by the New York Times in New York Times, a confidant of corporate mighties, which I got a kick out of. It. And he, of course, founded Hill and Knowlton uh, or Hill and Knowlton's predecessor, I should say, in Cleveland. In 1927, so that's one of the names that's, that's going away. What what would you say from your research, and looking at social media, was was the percentage are more people happy about the person name coming back to the front door of an agency, or more people disappointed about the Hill and Knowlton uh, name being downgraded a little?
1: I feel like people were happy for the most part with the name, um, but yeah, like I said, there was definitely a lot of you know former Hill and Knowlton employees that. Uh, we're surprised to see the the brand fade away, but it, overall, it seemed like it was mainly you know optimistic commentary about the about the name and the move.
0: And it's interesting too, and and one aspect that has really you know caused some chatter throughout the industry is that Hill and Knowlton just rebranded, and it's only been a few months since it returned to its original name of Hill and Knowlton from Hill and Knowlton Strategies, and that's uh, that's caused a lot of. Uh, Conversation about how quickly uh, this merger might might uh, have come together. So, along those lines, our editorial director and VP Steve Barrett talked with the CEO of WPP, which is, of course, the parent company. Uh, the uh, in the process of merging Burson agency, let's call it. And Steve talked to Mark Reed yesterday about all the behind the scenes things that had to come together to make this this merger happened. And one of them was, will this make Burson the biggest agency in the world? And, and Steve, what did Mark say about that?
2: He didn't get into the weeds on it in terms of numbers. And it's all because of Sarbanes-Oxley, the accounting regulations, which were supposed to um, introduce more transparency into accounting, but actually have been used <laughs> to do the opposite. It's so, funny how that um, works sometimes. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Because we we used to get the numbers by the PR Council until surveys, and now we don't. So we have to estimate them. And on, on our estimates and other people in the industry who calculate them, if you put Hill and Norton and Burson together, then they easily are the biggest. I think it's a bit closer than that. I think the latest figures we have, and these were um, from, they're the 2022 financial year figures because uh, WPP hasn't released its 23 full year figures yet. They're, they're coming out soon. But if you look at that, they had about $1.4 billion in terms of PR revenue. Now, that's a segment that includes Burson and Hill and Norton, but it includes FGS Global as well, as well as a couple of smaller players. So if you take off what FGS would account for and the other little players, I think they're about neck and neck. If you see Edelman's at $1.08 billion in 2022, I'd say – it's it's literally neck and neck and they're about the same. So it's, they're certainly, even if they're not the biggest, they're certainly back up there and vying for that spot. And, and as um, everyone's been saying, you know, Hill and Norton and Burson used to be the two biggest firms in the world, right? right. Decades ago before Edelman and Weber Shanwick came on the scene. So there's been a lot of chat about, you know, the Burson name returning and Harold Burson will be smiling down because his beloved, agency name is back and on top and even speaking to Richard Edelman he said that he said uh, basically I'm sure Harold Burson's very happy, smiling down because his name's back on top. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so everything old is new again, and
2: so it seems. Yeah, so it seems. Yeah, and and acronyms are out. Frank, there's no more BCW and H and K and all that
0: stuff. To the relief of of trade editors everywhere, <laughs> yes, acronyms indeed. are out. So uh, no need to to argue with the PR people about that anymore. So. Um, one thing that, that has raised a lot of questions here, why unveil this merger now when it, it's not happening until the, the second half of the year?
2: Yeah, uh, Mark Reed talks a bit about that. He's obviously, w, he oversees WPP, which has agency, agencies across all the different marketing disciplines creative, media, health, and PR. And they've already done this with a lot of their uh, creative firms, and that's seen the elimination of really storied names like Gray, JWT, YNR, and Wonderman. And he was kind of joking yesterday that, well, I've been accused of destroying historical names. At least I'm bringing one back here, right, in person and... He also explained how he used to informally still call it Burson, right, even though it was um, rebranded as BCW Global. But one of the reasons is because they have this big – invest. well, this is what Mark Reed said anyway. <laughs> they have a big investor day, Capital Markets Day, next week in London. And, in fact, Corey Dubrowa and Anna-, Anna Maria De Salva, the two uh, leading lights now in Burson, will be over in London for that. So they wanted to be able to present the new WPP, as it were, so yeah. they wanted to get that out there uh, ahead of the ahead of that big important meeting because let's put this you know let's be honest nobody does this because both agencies are killing it and and cooking on gas right they they're, they're doing it because they need to make efficiencies and um, Mark Reed and WPP are under a lot of pressure their share prices fallen significantly and they really need to be seen to be doing something to turn this around so whilst he did say that. Both firms had come out of COVID well. He did uh, add that um, they'll be stronger together and that, uh, you know, Burson's stronger in the U.S. than Hill and & Knowlton, and Hill and & Knowlton has a very good global footprint. The last thing I'll say on this is, and there was an interesting line, is that if you think about AI, which everyone's talking about now, he said it would be easier to scale AI innovation across one organization Rather than doing it at Hill and Alton and Burson, and that kind of makes sense right, so that they would use the same tech stack and uh, and we'll get on to that implication for jobs etc later but um, that that did seem like a logical point of view you know and he he said in terms of AI it's beneficial for the smaller players and the bigger players, but the people in the middle are the ones who are going to have the most um, challenges with implementing
0: it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I also thought it was fascinating that he pointed to the fact that he has leaders of both agencies now uh, that are up for this uh, and that would make good partners with it. And uh, what were your thoughts about that?
2: Well, that was an interesting, you could read between the lines of that, couldn't you? Um, Yes, I I certainly did. (laughs) So, of course, Corey DeBrower took over toward the end of last summer. He succeeded Donna Imperato as the CEO of um, BCW. And, you know, Donna – And actually, it's, it's worth saying that Donna's name didn't get much reference yesterday, but she was a really important player in this agency, and she built up Conan Wolf, and she led BCW, and she was, you know, I think we should remember her contribution, but maybe uh, a combined firm – under the Burson branding wasn't something that she would have been quite as keen about as Corey uh, clearly is. So maybe that's what he was referring to when he said that.
0: Fair enough. So as we go across the industry and CEOs of all kinds of agencies had their own reactions to this, and let's kick it over to our own agency reporter, Jess Ruderman. Jess, what would you say the reaction was from other heads of agencies? I mean, some responded with, uh, well, this is going to be a behemoth of an agency and some said, they're going to have a lot of challenges putting this together. So Jess, bring us behind the scenes on that.
3: Sure, yeah. So Steve spoke to a couple of CEOs. I spoke to some people as well. It was a mixed bunch. Um, I think there was a little bit of, I don't want to call it sarcasm and, you know, good luck with that kind of thing. Um, but that kind of seemed to be the gist of what people were saying as well as just, you know some people noting that I like the way that we do things better. I know John Saunders um, from Fleischman Hillard acknowledged that, you know, clients aren't necessarily looking for bigger right now. They're looking for more specialized um, senior leadership. Brian Elner from One Strategy Group, he's the president over there, but he also held roles at WPP and BCW until late last year. Um, and he said something similar that, you know, the way that we're doing things here is more niche work and it's specialized senior led strategy. So I think it's a mixed batch of what people think, you know, a big agency of this size is going to have the effect it'll have on the industry going forward. I also spoke to Chris, um, commissar who worked with both John Hill and Harold Burson, the founders of Hill and Knowlton and, um, uh, Burson Marsteller, excuse me. And he said that, you know, it's about time something like this has happened. He feels like it's always been leading up to this. Um, I have a Q and a that's coming out with him today about it, that goes into a little more depth about the history as well as just his own experience and why he thinks this makes a lot of sense for WPP to bring these together he said when he was there back in the day that everything was about competition between these agencies, and that it makes a lot more sense for you to bring these teams together that have a lot of crossover to make a larger agency that'll be a bigger competitor in the industry and can work with bigger clients. So that's something that's really interesting. I also spoke with Kim Sample, the president of PR Council. um, And like Diana said, a lot of people were expressing on LinkedIn, she expressed um, mourning for the loss of the H&K brand, and how, you know, PR Council turned 25 last year, and just kind of looking back in the way that we've looked at our agency family tree over the years and seeing a lot of brands that we've lost either through acquisitions or just, you know, no longer existing and how that's something that we're seeing here. But, you know, the hope is that because they're bringing two firms together under a legacy name, that it is still kind of making something better and bringing that together going forward.
0: One of the major challenges of, of any agency merger uh, is is dealing with the potential client conflicts. And um, Steve, when you talked to Mark Reed, I thought he had a, uh, an interesting answer uh, when he was asked about client conflicts.
2: Well, it was a very short answer. Um, it was basically that's not a problem. We have arrangements in place to deal with that, and we will uh, we will address it. And it's and he he's not going to see that as a as a barrier. But you can certainly uh, say that all the other competitors are, are looking at it very closely, and they will be targeting those potential conflicts. And I know they are and sitting down and seeing is there a chance for us to get in here and take advantage of this uh, what might be perceived as a con as a conflict. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Corey and Anna Maria have to say about that. They're on the podcast in uh, the week after next and looking forward to chatting to them, especially about that issue.
0: Let me bring into the discussion, uh, our corporate reporter, Ewan Larkin who did the original story on the merger, uh, early Thursday morning, uh, and put a lot of work into it. And it turned out really well, Ewan, but let me get your perspective because I know you've been taking a look at the client bases of both agencies. Um, And seeing how they match up and what are your initial thoughts on this? Is it going to be as easy as Mark Reed says it might be or is it shaping up to be very challenging? I think it's
4: a little too early to say, but in, in the research that I've done, I mean, you mentioned this earlier, Frank, but this is an agency that's going to have you know clients in nearly every sector. I think it'll be particularly strong in technology and healthcare, not only through the BCW and Hill and & Knowlton brands, but we have to remember there's so many agencies that sit underneath those brands that are going to continue to operate within Burson. You have AxiCom, which is a technology specialist shop, and then you have the likes of GCI Health which is, uh, you know, obviously focused on healthcare. The roster is going to be huge, obviously, but I think it's also important to note that BCW and Hill and Nolan have already worked together on a couple of clients. You know, the one that comes to mind is Ford Motor Company. Um, that's obviously sat underneath w- WPP for a few years. So the roster is going to be big, obviously, but I think it'll be it'll be tougher than Mark Reed says to figure out some of these client relationships out. Um, I think another one that I do want to mention quickly is we talked about making efficiencies earlier. I think that we all know. In the statement that I got on the story, um, BCW and Hill and Nolan spokespeople told me that bringing this or bringing this merger together is helping minimize the impact on jobs to the greatest extent possible. I think reading through the lines, we know that there probably will be some job cuts. Um, they also mentioned that there'll be more appointments coming in the in the following months. Um, the big executive leadership team will be built out there. Um, that's a story we'll be watching particularly closely. I mean, you know, top of mind, here's a big example. In the last year, Hill and Nolton brought on Craig Bookholes as their U.S. CEO and then a couple of... Uh, a couple of months ago bcw brought on christine boyden as their america ceo so you know how is that going to shake down that's one perfect example right there and it's one of one of the tricky things that you have to navigate when you're doing these mergers especially ones ones of this size
0: absolutely and and like you mentioned unfortunately there there will be job reductions as a part of any merger uh it's something that we will be watching closely as it goes on so here's a question for the whole group um i'll start with steve on this But it's a question for the whole group, and that's uh, something that people have been buzzing about throughout the industry, and that's has the the agency patriarchy returned? Uh, Because now there are fewer female agency CEOs, or I should say there will be as of July 1st. Uh, than there were at the start of the year. And uh, this is an, an area where the industry has made a lot of strides in recent years. And, and is it a step back in this case? So, Steve, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, Donna Imperato left. She was replaced by Corey. So that was one female CEO who left the industry. In the year prior to that, Barry Rafty left Ketchum and was replaced by Mike Doyle. So that was another female CEO. If you actually look at the top 10 now, and Anna Maria is no longer a CEO. She's still a senior person, but she's that's another female CEO that, that won't be uh, in the in the industry. So um, there's only one female CEO now in the top ten agencies. That's Gail Hyman at Weber Shandwick, and uh, if you extend that to the top twenty, there are two with uh, Ogilvy PR and um, Juliana Richter. And you know Juliana doesn't have a traditional CEO role really because she's the client lead on Coca Cola. For um, Ogilvy across all the disciplines, so you know that that's uh, that that's why people are, are bringing it up, and it is it is um, important because the industry is seventy percent female, and um, and you you need to have proper representation at the top of agencies. There are other senior agency figures. Um, you know, Edelman's just appointed Kirsty Graham as the US CEO, replacing Lisa Ross. But um, but yeah, I do think it's something to look at. And even all this sort of references back to Harold Burson. You know, it's very much the old school of old white men uh, sort of syndrome, isn't it? So it's, it's certainly someone something that people are having combos about. And and if just going back to the job loss thing, I mean, look, however much they say they're not going to. Have losses that you you've got to. I mean, you have one tech stack. You have one HR function. You'll have. Uh, you don't need a different country manager for each agency when you when it's only one agency, and and various other areas like that HR. So you know we'll, we'll we'll look at that. And if you take the example of when PCW was formed and Conan Wolf merged merged with bursa Marstella, it tended to be because Donna Imperato was the the Leader and she came from the Conan Wolf side. It tends to be more of the Burson people that left after that, and you know the sense is that it will probably be the H and K people that that leave if that if the same thing were to happen um, in in the fallout from this merger. Now I have to say that the you know Burson folks and WPP Mark Reed push back aggressively on that, and they say that's not going to happen. That uh, Hill and Norton is still going to be a strong brand. It's still going to be, uh, you know, there within the structure and that there won't be mass job uh, losses. But, you know, let's see how it plays out. But uh, it's certainly interesting and will be a lot of things for us to monitor moving forwards.
0: There absolutely will be. And I think in some, a lot of people see this as an agency mega merger, but not without a lot of challenges. So it's something we'll be watching closely. So that's about all we have time for on this special edition of the PR week. We will see you all next Thursday morning for our next edition. Thanks for listening.